You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 259, Discipleship and Spiritual Formation. So over the last few episodes, we've been talking about cultivating and creating an atmosphere or a culture of discipleship in your church. And we talked about how that's done primarily through the small group structure in your church. Now, if you don't have a small group structure in your church, well, that's a discussion for another day. But if you do have a small group structure, then the that should be really where discipleship takes place. It's it's where uh, it's the best atmosphere to really deal with helping people become followers of Jesus and teaching them what that looks like. But we're going to drill down a little bit more over the next couple of episodes, and we're going to talk about how spiritual formation relates to discipleship. Now, spiritual formation is kind of one of those uh, interesting phrases that we've been hearing in, in Christian growth circles for, for a few years now. But um, here's, a, here's a definition um, of spiritual formation to let you know what we're kind of talking about. It's a process and a journey through which we open our hearts to a deeper connection with God. We're not bystanders in our, bystanders in our spiritual life. We're active participants with God who is ever inviting us into a relationship with Him and others. So you can see just through that definition that spiritual formation really has to do with spiritual growth. The process, the journey that helps us grow in our relationship to God. Christian spiritual formation is often um, understood to be the long-term process in which a believer becomes a disciple of Jesus. Um, there's there's got to be a process to get us to discipleship. And what is that process? And we would say that that process is spiritual formation. It's it's, it's being formed into the image of Christ, if you will. This process requires uh, engagement. Um, it requires, you know, there's, there's things that we have to do. Now, of course, we can't do anything for our salvation. We understand that we're saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast, Paul said in Ephesians 2. But Paul also said that, that, that once we become believers, we work out our salvation. We work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. And that's kind of what this idea of spiritual formation is. You know, there's an engagement. There's um, things that, that the individual and the religious community that we're involved in, um, that, 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 that we're a part of, that, that really flows, that this, spiritual form, this idea of spiritual formation flows out of. So what I'm going to take you through is we're going to look at a number of components of spiritual formation and just kind of see how they're worked out. And I'm going to actually refer back to kind of the small group structure because really in, in, in many cases what we're going to talk about is, is how these things really flow out of that, that particular structure, but then other areas of the church as well. 
Don't go away. We'll be right back. I just, I just want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, New Testament Snapshots. We're talking in this episode about spiritual formation and how to grow as a Christian. Well, New Testament Snapshots is an excellent way to help you to grow because it is full of wonderful uh, chapters that will help you grow in your relationship to Christ, take you deeper in your knowledge of the Bible, but not just deeper in your knowledge of the Bible. It's going to help you as you experience and get to know some of these people in the New Testament that maybe we don't know that much about. You know, there's a lot of people in the Bible that kind of stand in the background. When it's you know, and maybe you've met people like this that when it comes time to get their picture taken, you know, they're always kind of trying to hide behind somebody. Well, in the New Testament, there's a lot of these people that really don't get the 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 time that some of the other more famous people do. We know about Jesus and Peter and James and John and Paul and you know, some of the other really famous people, but what about some of those that maybe aren't quite as famous? Well, that's what we do in New Testament snapshots. We tackle and we really dig into 12 or 13 of these famous people who don't get as much airtime, and we talk about them in depth. So check out New Testament Snapshots. There's a link in the show notes. I know you'll love it. It's perfect for individual Bible study and for group study. Well, all right, so we're back. We're talking about discipleship and spiritual formation, and we're going to look at several components that make up spiritual formation or several components that help us in our spiritual formation. And some people would call these spiritual disciplines. I think that's fair, but uh, but I think we're going to look at them a little bit differently. So the first one is personal Bible study and prayer. Now, if you've been a Christian for any length of time, this this is something that's no surprise. You know, in fact, maybe you've even felt guilty because you haven't spent time reading your Bible. And, and this is something that we want to help people develop the habit without feeling guilty. We want people to get into the habit. We want people to, to really get to a point where they want to dig into God's Word and they, they love to spend time in God's Word and in prayer. But again, because people haven't created that habit, sometimes it can be difficult. One of the things our church has done is for the last couple of years, we give Bibles out at Christmas. People in our church, everybody can have a Bible. It's a one-year reading Bible. And we give these out to everybody in our church. And the, the hope and the goal is that everybody in our church is reading along throughout the year. And so, you know, each particular day, there's a passage from the Old Testament. There's a passage from the New Testament. There's a passage from the Psalms. And there's a passage from Proverbs. It takes 15 to 20 minutes to read each day's selection. Now, we're, we're a fairly large church, and we're not naive to believe that everybody's going to do this, but everybody has the opportunity to do this, and we encourage it. It's something we constantly encourage, and it, it provides great discussions in, in small groups especially because we're all reading the same thing. And so it's really become a wonderful tool, and, and we're hearing all these great stories about people who have been in church for years, but they say, you know, I just didn't have a very good Bible reading habit or a very good Bible reading plan, and now with the one-year Bible, I'm doing it. I'm reading the Bible every day. And this is one of the most vital keys to spiritual formation is spending time in God's Word. And what we want to do is we want to help people. We want to encourage people. 
Um, you know, maybe the worst thing, you know, a new Christian can do is pick up a Bible and just kind of start at the beginning. You know, we always encourage them, hey, look, start in the New Testament. Start in the New Testament. Read the Gospels. But even being available as a connect leader to, to answer questions, and as, you know, as a small group leader, to be able to answer people's questions. Because a lot of people, there's a lot of mystery about the Bible for someone who's never read it before. So having a resource, someone that they can just talk to, will give them more courage to read. So we want to, we want to encourage it. And of course, as leaders, we have to set the stage. We have to, to be the ones who are leading by example. So personal Bible study is just an absolute vital key for, for spiritual formation because we begin to have our thoughts shaped by God's thoughts. Um, we begin to think God, God's things. We begin to see what God's perspective is. And as we really begin to hide God's Word in our hearts, things begin to shift in our lives. And then, you know, we mentioned personal Bible study and prayer. And again, prayer is one of those things that people struggle with. People struggle to pray. And, you know, it should be something. We don't want people to pray because they feel guilty. We want people to pray because they want to pray, because they want to get to know God, because they want to spend time in His presence. So this should be something within our small groups. I mean, obviously, pastors preach on it and teach on it in church, but in our small groups, it's something that we can talk about. We can give people hints on how to pray. Um, you know, a while back, I was actually speaking in a small group setting, and they asked me to talk about this. And one of the th- things I shared was sometimes I struggle with prayer too. And so what I do when I'm struggling with prayer, I'll go to the Psalms and I'll find some Psalms that are prayers and I'll pray them back to God. Or maybe in the New Testament where Paul prayed. Paul, Paul had some wonderful prayers. And I would use the, the scriptures to guide me in my prayers. And, and, and when I shared that, several people, it just resonated with them because it was something that they could use. It was a tip. It was something that would be helpful to them in their own spiritual journey. So Personal Bible study and prayer, you know, the very first thing on here for, for, for really creating, um, going deeper with our spiritual formation, which is going to also, as we said, help us become disciples of Jesus. So let's dig in and let's, as leaders, let's teach people how to do these things. Again, not from guilt, not from condemnation, not telling them they have to do it, you know, just because they have to, but helping them learn how to desire it. And uh, so anyway, that's that's kind of a leadership thing there. If, if we're not leading by example, then uh, then it's probably not going to happen. So that's the first one. Number two, corporate worship. Now, as we've said over the last series, discipleship does not take place during corporate worship. That's not the environment. But spiritual formation, there is something significant that happens in our lives when we worship corporately in our church. When, when we're together with our congregation and we're worshiping, we're lifting our voices together in song, we're praying together, we're, we're listening to God's Word together, we're all hearing the same message, we're all on the same page. Um, when we're spending time connecting, this is a very, very powerful thing. Um, don't ever think that corp, corporate worship is not important for spiritual formation because it is. In fact, that's why... Reading the Bible is number one, and going to church is number two. Because what most Christian growth experts will tell you is that reading your Bible is the single most important thing you can do to grow as a Christian. The second thing, the most, the second most important thing you can do to grow as a Christian is to go to church. 
These things are so important because when we create a habit of going to church, we're putting God first with our time. We're going, we're, we're, we're putting ourselves in a position where we can hear from God. We're surrounding ourselves with the right kind of people. And if you believe that the Holy Spirit is present in your church services, and if you don't, well, that's, a, again, a conversation we should have for another day. But if you believe that the Holy Spirit is present in your church services, which we do, and we, we try and cultivate an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit can come, then we understand that one moment in God's presence brings lasting change. I mean, over and over again, we've seen people who struggle with certain lifestyle issues, certain habits or thought patterns, whatever it might be. But a moment in God's presence has the power to transform anything. So that's why one of the reasons corporate worship is so important. It's also important because we're, we're hearing, you know, again, a, a, an anointed message from God's Word. And we know that God's Word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as even the division of the soul and spirit. Uh, Hebrews 4.12. You know, when I preach uh, and I pray over my message, I, the first thing I pray over is that whatever scriptures I'm going to use is that God would take those words and apply them in people's hearts. Because the scriptures that I share are more important than my message. They're more important than the principles or the things that... I'm sharing in my message. I mean, those things are important too, but make no mistake, God's Word is what's living and powerful and able to change people's lives. So just being in that atmosphere has the power to change us. And then number three is we want to create vital and life-giving relationships. Remember, we're talking about spiritual formation, which leads to discipleship. And creating vital, vital relationships is going to help us become the kind of person that God has called us to be and to become, ultimately become the disciple that Jesus has called us to be. And, you know, in the context, as we've mentioned, you know, the last few weeks, in the context of our small groups, we understand that, that really th th this is the place where deep relationships are formed. As important as corporate worship is, it's really not the place where deep relationships are formed. It's the place where you, you say, hey, how was your week? You might chat with somebody for five or ten minutes. But, but ultimately, there's no deep relationships that are being formed there. But in, in a small group setting, you've got the opportunity to do life with people week after week after week. You're building relationships in which you are going to be able to encourage them and they're going to be able to encourage you. It's not uncommon at all throughout my week to have connection, whether by uh, phone call or face-to-face -face or even by text, with people that are in my connect groups. Uh, people saying that they're praying for me about something or me just sending them a message, letting them know that I'm praying about them for something. There's something powerful about staying connected and, and having people that you know that at any point you can call if you need something and they're going to be there for you. So, so building those vital relationships, that's what life is about. God never intended the Christian life to be a solo project. It was always intended to be lived in community. And so um, just a quick, quick recap on what we've done today in this episode, Discipleship and Spiritual Formation. 
number one, personal Bible study and prayer. Creating that habit, creating that disciplined habit of spending time in God's Word and learning to pray is absolutely life-changing. Number two was corporate worship. Being in God's presence and being with other God, you know, other God's people um, is absolutely life-changing. As we said, a moment in God's presence has the power to change our worlds. And then number three, we're creating vital and life-giving relationships. And this typically takes place in a small group setting, a connect group setting, whatever you call it. But building these relationships is really what being a disciple of Jesus is all about. You know, we think of discipleship, and sometimes we, we, we just have a misconception of what discipleship is, because discipleship is all about relationships. Look at what Jesus did. He called 12 men to follow him, and then he also had plenty of others on the periphery. And these people were in relationship with Jesus. They grew, they developed, they're, they're, they were spiritually formed, the spiritual formation aspect of it, because they were in relationship with him and with each other. Well, all right, we are going to stop there. Um, we've still got several more to cover, but we'll do that next week. Um, so, what did you think? Spiritual formation, is that a term you're familiar with? Is it something you give much thought to? How do you do spiritual growth? How do you do spiritual formation in your own life? I'd love to hear about it. Go to davidspell.com, leave me a question or comment for today's post. And while you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. My blog comes out three times a week, and this podcast is one of those things. that just comes right into your inbox, and that way we can stay in touch. Well, friends... Thanks for being with me. Make sure you check out uh, New Testament Snapshots. And until next week, this is David Spell encouraging you to keep making disciples.